So with that, I'm gonna invite our speaker up for today. His name is Sam Smith. Coming up here, Sam. <clears throat> Let you get settled. Sam has been a faithful member of the church since 2017. Is that correct? Yeah, got it. 2017. And uh, yeah, he's been super involved and involved, uh, plugged in with the Family Zone and probably feels like, feels like he leads a Bible study across the city like every week or something like that. So he, he, he's a man of uh, faithfulness and loves the Word of God. And so he's actually going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of study. And just we're diving in on studying the Word of God and, and just what that encapsulates. And so uh, if you would, just bow your heads and I'm going to pray for the offering, for the service, and for Sam. So Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. And I just pray a blessing over of Sam as he brings the Word of God. I pray a blessing over the offering that you might uh, accomplish your will with the, the resources of this house, that you, your will would be done, that your kingdom would come. And we bless this service ultimately that you, Jesus, would receive all the glory. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Am I? Okay, good. I'm a, a former football coach, and so working with a mic is not something I've ever really learned to do. So I, I might could just, anyway, well, we won't go there. I may have a few former players in the room, and they'll testify. But anyway, my name is Sam Smith, and I'm going to show my family, uh, introduce my family. Uh, on the far right is my son and his wife, Carly, and that's their youngest deacon. Over here on the left is uh, their other two children, Jackson and Savannah. And in the middle, obviously, we're at a wedding. That's my daughter and her soon-to-be, which is her now husband, uh, Amath, and they live in uh, New York City. And then, of course, there's me kind of making the picture very plain. And... Uh, <laughs> Wonderful, beautiful lady next to me is my wife of 47 years, Katrina. And, uh, and so then quickly show the next slide. Uh, 14 months later, our little Brooklyn boy came in, and that's Arden. And I'm still trying to get the Cowboys and the Rangers into his repertoire, but uh, his dad's pretty much a true New Yorker. So, uh, but uh, those two, the two pictures are a testimony of God's faithfulness over my entire lifetime. And the most faithful thing God did was he gave me a wife, which is a very good thing. And what that picture represents, she had a tremendous role in that family, keeping that family together, getting us to that point in time in our lives. And so I just wanted to make sure that I honored her uh, to, uh, to, for everybody to know that uh, I had very little to do with that. <laughs> it was all God and it was all her. And so many times as a coach, she was a single mom, but she stood up and, and took care of it. So anyway, I just uh, love you and, and uh, thank you. So uh, the first part of my uh, talk today was to, to reiterate the statement about wells and spiritual discipline. And wow, the testimonies we heard right here, that was testimonies of people drawing from the well. They dug wells in these different places where they could find the water, where they could find the, to be rejuvenated and refreshed and, and all of the things that are so important. I think I, I read, you can go three minutes without air. You can go three days without water. You can go three weeks without food. So water is a, necess a necessity for life no matter what we're doing. 
In the ancient world, they had the wells and the nomads would travel from well to well and the wells that they dug, when they got there, uh, the, they would, there would be the oasis and there would be life and there would be community and there would be uh, safety and there would be food and there would be all the things that were necessary for people to live and then to even load up and pack up and then go on to their journey and to keep them alive till they came to the next well. And so I think that's what we're looking for in this uh, spiritual discipline study is that uh, where are the places that we need to dig wells? Where are the places that we feel dry? Where are the places where we need enrichment and where do we need refreshing and where do we need to be rejuvenated? And so maybe somewhere in the next six weeks, you know, we say we can only make really one major change in our life at a time. So there would be one thing, one thing you could take away from this. Okay, uh, if you could go ahead and just put up that first scripture, please. And I'm not going to read it right now, but I just want to tell you a little bit about study. And, and the study is, is, from a spiritual standpoint, is where I use different kinds of books, relationships, the Bible, to go deeper into what God's message is for me. But those relationships, those uh, books that I read, those must begin and end with God's Word. They must be true and in line with what God's Word teaches. Very much like as I've glanced through this book that Billy showed you today. Very much built and based upon God's Word as far as the spiritual disciplines are concerned. And so, which gives that value. Other than that, it's just a secular book. If it doesn't, doesn't really speak to the Scripture. And, uh, and some tools that you might use, such as translations, uh, there are, you know, you guys have uh, the Google machine, right? So a lot of this information you can figure out, okay, on your own. But there's uh, like the English Standard Version, the King James Version, all of these different kinds of versions of uh, translations. Uh, you, you really, in study, we don't really need to use, we don't want to use a paraphrase like the Message or the, the Living Bible, which those are good for certain other types of disciplines, but in this discipline, you really want to have a, a translation. Uh, commentaries, uh, there's uh, Bible study tools, Bible hub. These are places where you can go find commentaries and things like that. So with that being said, now I want to get into the, uh, the, the scripture that we have. And uh, so the, uh, go ahead and go to, uh, do you have 12 through 15? Second, okay, okay, I got you. I, I understand now what you're doing. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, go ahead and just uh, go down to verse uh, 14, if you could, please. Now, I want to just tell you a little bit about the context here. Context is important when we study. This is in the, around 64 AD. Nero is the emperor of Rome. It's a horrible time to be a Christian, <laughs> Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, a man that he led to the Lord and that he discipled. And Paul is writing this letter from prison in Rome, and he thinks this may be his last, last thing he writes. And he wants to encourage this young evangelist. Now, not only being a Christian in that time, but being a, an evangelist was a very difficult thing. And so this letter to Timothy is his encouragement as to how to operate now, we understand the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I like to call it God's rescue story. 
His, his creation was deceived and stolen from him. And he begins from generation three or Genesis three to Revelation, to the end of Revelation, he begins to seek out his lost children and call their names. And so the first thing that Paul does, and, and uh, we're at uh, verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. <coughs> and, that, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So he reminds Timothy, remember whose you are. Remember how you came to know Jesus. I was able to share with a friend talking this morning about Cleburne, Texas when I was 12 years old up in the top of a football stadium. I'd been to church twice the day before, sent through two invitations. But all of a sudden that night, my name was being called and I believe we'd still be there if I hadn't gone forward, <laughs> all right? But I can remember that at this age of my life, that moment was the time that God called my name. And, and, and Jesus, and so he's telling Timothy here, remember, remember Isaiah, <laughs> remember the prophet, remember what he said, remember how he called you out and and. And let that be the motivation. Let that be the thing that helps you hang on. When you see people being killed around you, when you see people being persecuted, when you live in this world that is so corrupt, I mean, the Roman Empire, they had that mantra, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die. Let me indulge in as much as I can indulge in because I have to have every pleasure because it's all done right here. That was, the, that was the culture that they were operating in as believers. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. So let's. Uh, so we understand then the importance of of that scripture as far as us understanding salvation, not only for ourselves, but as far as leading others to salvation. Then we move into verse sixteen, and in verse, uh, yeah, make sure sixteen. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we see that Jesus, or that God gave us through his word how to get back home. He gave us those directions to salvation. How we should believe, who we should believe in, how do we get back to God. But he also says, guess what? I'm going to leave you here because I got something for you to do. Well, how do I live an eternal life in a terminal world? How do I do that? How does that operate? Because there's some things in this terminal world that even for a believer are pretty good. Job, family, you know, a lot of those things, some of the things we do for recreation, the kids. How, how do I keep everything in the proper perspective? Well, it says here it was God-breathed. It says that God breathed it. God, the, the other time I can remember it saying God breathed was at creation. Where it was a very personal thing. God breathed his breath. I, I don't, don't remember that that said about anything else that God created. But God breathed his very personal breath into mankind's lungs. So that we would have that close, intimate relationship. And so 
God's, this scripture from Genesis to Revelation was breathed by God for us. It was our father who loved us so much, who wanted us to have a relationship with him, who wanted to rescue us from our captors, who wanted to give us freedom, that he made sure that we had a roadmap of how to live the life in a foreign land, okay? I'll be honest with you, my daughter lives in New York. That's about as far foreign land I've ever traveled. Some of you guys have been in much, uh, much more uh, uh, places uh, where there was, uh, uh, you know, the, the obstacles were much greater. But there's, uh, if you're going to learn to get around New York, you've got to know the rules, okay? <laughs> you got to know who to talk to, who not talk to, because they can follow you home, okay, in that place. And so, uh, but, but these were, were rules of, are not necessarily rules, but instructions, guidance, and so, therefore, I want to study God's word because I want to be guided, okay? I want to know how can I honor him? How can I draw closer to him? How can I know him better? And then we get to the uh, last verse, and it says, So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here's the job that God gave us. He said, we have been remade in his image to do good works, which he has prepared for us in advance. He has good things for us to do. Each and every one. In, in, in uh, 1 Peter 4, it says that each one of us has been gifted to serve the body, to serve each other, which means you've been brought to this place today. You're at that table because there's somebody at your table that needs what you've been gifted with. And guess what? There's somebody at that table that's been gifted with something you need. So that's why it's going to be important that we all share. But we, we have this job and we, and we want to do it well. We want to be ready and we want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we want to be trained to the best of our abilities. Now, I want to tell you something about this, though. You have to give yourself some grace. You know, uh, I hate to talk about the eagles in church because i got to have good thoughts, but uh, I'm a true Cowboys fan, okay? So, but, uh, but they lost, so that's okay. But, but they lost the Super Bowl because this quarterback drops the ball and it's picked up and they run in for a touchdown, the Chiefs do. And that's the touchdown that makes the difference in the game. And you would think, well, okay, that guy's fired. He's out of here. He's traded. No, he's the richest quarterback in the NFL. So what I want us to understand, as long as we're working, as long as we're trying, as long as we're giving all we have in our heart, mind, and soul to Jesus, there is grace there for maybe when we don't just quite measure up. Because we'll never measure up to our very best. Never measure up to God's best, for sure. But that's the thing about it. Is I love the, the lady that was talking about the image of Jesus. That's the image of the Jesus. If you read in Revelation, the one that Paul saw, that's the Jesus that we pray to. Okay? And that's the power that, that we have. And so I, I just want to encourage each one of you, the, the thing you, you can't do is not try. <laughs> you got to try. And so I want to just uh, close it up right here. And in summary, 
God's story is his pursuit of redemption of his creation. He connects to us through his word. God's word is a well that gives salvation, instruction, and purpose. A well that never runs dry, a resource that if we hide it, hold it in our hearts, we can find true freedom from sin and its eternal consequence. So if you would just bow with me in prayer and then we'll go to our next portion there. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I just pray that you would uh, use it for your glory. I pray, dear God, that I have honored you in the words that I've said and the meditations of my heart today, Lord, in this preparation. I pray as we talk around the tables, Holy Spirit, that you would be there with us and that you would move and that you would speak the words that you have to communicate to each and every one that's here today, Lord. We just ask all these things in your name. Amen.